simple solutions, silver bullets, instant resolution to issues. Aren't those the things that we so often look for when we have problems in our lives? We look for that one thing that we can do. Sometimes, even in the church, we look for that one program, that one event, that one thing that will make it all better. Struggling with a health issue, looking for that one procedure, that one pill, that one change that will make it all better. It's all pretty attractive, isn't it? As a matter of fact, isn't that the cornerstone on which most marketing is? If you just buy this car, you'll be elevated. If you just get on this particular diet, you'll be healthy. And you won't even have to change what you're eating. It's simple. It's easy. It basically requires no work. Now, the disciples, one can just imagine, they're out on the water. They see this figure in the distance on the shore. Children, have you caught anything? If I'd been in that boat, I'd say, who's this guy and why is he calling us children? We're grown men. They've been working all night. Not a fish. Try on the right side of the boat instead of the left. Simple. Easy. I think they must have been thinking, well... This side of the boat, that side of the boat, what difference does it matter? Don't the fish just kind of swim around? I'm not an expert fisherman, but I would think it really shouldn't make that much of a difference. And they got 153 and they almost broke their nets. You know, it wasn't, I'd put to you today, that they were embracing the simple, the easy. As a matter of fact, I think at that point, if I were them, the thing that would be on my mind is, okay, let's call it a night. Let's go just get some sleep. But they heard that word, and they were open to it. And when they were willing to make a slight change in their approach, something could happen. Now, I'm not going to put to you today that saying it's always that easy, that simple, as a matter of fact, I don't believe there are such a thing as a silver bullet or a magic pill that will answer any problem. But I, all, I do believe that sometimes the ever so slightest adjustment in our approach or our perspective to things can make a difference. You know, one of the struggles I believe is, as church that we have is we kind of get our formula down. And this is how we do things, and this is what seems to work for us, until it doesn't work for us. And we get into this mentality that, well, if we change anything, it might turn the boat over. If we take that perspective, someone might get upset. If we do something different, we might lose what we have. 
I was in a conversation recently and you know some of you know that I if you know me well enough that sometimes people will say things that will trigger me and throw me onto my soapbox well I was in a conversation with a brother priest and he's saying you know it's really hard you know we need to really work hard just to maintain what we have we were actually at table at the time I literally took my napkin and threw it down on the table and I said that's the problem we're worrying about maintaining what we have does God not want us to do more than maintain what we have? Do you or I really believe that God just wants us to hold it together, to subsist, to get by? That's not what He told His disciples. He said, go make disciples. In other words, He said, grow the church. Children, take the nets and throw them on the other side. The 153, the popular belief is that that 153 number was not by accident. It's not that they just counted 153 fish. At that time in history, that was the number of species that they believed existed in, you know, sea life. In other words, they got one of everything. They got a piece of it all. Is that not what the church is calling us to do? Is that what God wants for you and me? To have an, a share in the abundance of His life. When we look out to our world, not just look and say, how can we turn ourselves in and keep what we've got? But how do we respond to that missionary mandate to build on what we have and grow the church? Not just in numbers, but in conviction. Not just in the number of bodies that we have gathered around, but in the work that God wants to do in each of those human hearts. I think too much. We just sell ourselves and we sell our God short. Oh God, if you could just maintain what we have. If we could hold together whatever it is that we think that we have in our lives, then we'll be okay. I don't think God wants us just to maintain what we have and to live life on a thread. My friends, God wants you and me to grow. To grow our spiritual lives. To place our dependence on Him. To know that healing can take place where there's woundedness. To know that we can excel in ways that we never imagined. But if we keep doing things in our lives and just keep repeating the same old patterns and expecting things to change, isn't that the simple definition of insanity? To do the same thing over and over and over and expect different results? Isn't that what the disciples were doing in that boat that night? We'll just let the net stay over on this side of the boat and see if any fish come. It was something real simple. Try the other side. 
Try a different way. Maybe one of the things that we need to do in our own lives and as a church is be open that maybe God wants us not to change the substance, but maybe the method that we go about things. Maybe we need to set our expectations a little higher for ourselves and for what God can do. Might it not be possible that if we believe that God's not going to act, that maybe God's not going to act? Maybe we will see our expectations realized and our expectations are pretty mediocre. I think maintaining what we have is just a synonym for managing decline in our own lives, in our church. But when we look and say, God wants to work in his church. God wants to heal his church. God wants to use his church as an instrument for healing, for reconciliation. And we believe it and we grasp it and we know that God can use it. And it doesn't mean it has to be this radical shift, but maybe just a little difference in perspective in terms of what we expect. Could that not be what opens the floodgates to God's grace and God's mercy in our lives? If we just want to hold it together, is that what God told his disciples? Go out and just hold it together? Everything Jesus was about was not about maintaining. It was about multiplying. He multiplied loaves and fish. He filled nets till they were ready to break. He even restored a doubter and a denier. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Tend my lambs. Feed my sheep. Three times he denied him. Three times he had the opportunity to affirm his love for the Lord. You know, so often we can look and say, this is how God will work in my life. This is how he's done it before, and this is how he'll do it forever and ever. You know, I was talking to Father Eric, your next pastor. Both of us shared something in common. Neither of us looked for the new ministry that God was calling us to. Both of us were pretty content with where we were. And I'll speak for myself. I'd say paraphrased, I was pretty much content to believe that that's how God had determined to use me forever as a parish priest. But you know what? If I open myself, if we open ourselves to how God may want to use us and work in our lives that may be a little different of how we're casting our nets in a little bit different direction, could that not be how God engages in the work of multiplication? I believe that gospel is telling us today is don't sell ourselves short. Don't just look for a magic a silver bullet or a magic pill. 
but rather be open to how God might be looking to help us move in a slightly different way so that God could work in a majorly different way in unleashing the power of His grace, His love, and His mercy. And sometimes it might just mean moving our nets just a little bit in a different direction and let God do the work. Amen? Amen.